Hello and welcome to the Leadership Podcast and what is the last episode of this first season where we've been talking about leadership and well-being. We hope you've enjoyed the first five episodes and we'll be back in the autumn with a new season looking at leadership and justice. Make sure you're subscribed and follow us on social media. We don't want you to miss out. So as this is our third Leadership Lesson episode and we are looking back on the interview with Patrick Reagan and sharing some further thoughts and answering the questions um, that he posed to us. Ed is here with me, who's our producer, and let's just kick this straight off and say, Ed, it was interesting, wasn't it, that interview with Patrick? Very different. I found it such a helpful and challenging episode. I really loved it, especially what Patrick had to say about a different way of looking at resilience, bouncing forwards instead of bouncing back, building on what we've been through, and that idea of resilience as a river. I think for me, the most helpful analogy that I've come across... um, over this last sort of 12 months is is in the last chapter of the book it was called the resilience river and it basically is looking at um your levels of resilience as an individual and it has this little image that at the bottom um there are some big rocks and it's making the point that if our levels are low we are more likely to crash into the rocks and um, the rocks don't disappear their life right they're disappointments life could be disappointment at time complex relationships um you know bringing up teenage kids uh, whatever it is health for me i'll never be able to run um anxiety for me uh, if my levels are low i crash into those things so it's all about how do i keep my resilience levels high and so a lot of what i was trying to do is to do a little bit of thinking well what are the things that bring me down um so a really healthy self-awareness um not introspective stuff but just a really healthy self-awareness and then the key really is and this is where people become really stuck is what are the things that raise my levels of resilience and having done this now with a lot of groups we have a, like a free download you can get off our our website um at kintsugi hope where you can download this image and fill it in um which is great fun people are really quick to fill in the things that drain them find it really hard to fill in the things that lift them up and uh, and can't articulate it at all. Um, you talk about resilience, you know, by the time everyone says exercise and nature, which everyone says, you're like, for heaven's sake, like there's got to be more <laughs> to life than running. It's fantastic as running is. Um, there's got to be more ways to level, build your resilience than just running and, and nature. And, it's, yeah, and I'm a big advocate for those things. And so one of the things I was saying, really think about it you know know your why know your values you know values are about priorities they're about what's the most important to you you know your values sometimes people can't articulate their values um um you know what are those things and we talk about gratitude um i use a phrase in the book that gratitude is hunt the good stuff so it's not a denial of the bad stuff it means actually you actually actively go looking for the good stuff um and uh, and yeah so i think actually going through that exercise is just such a really helpful practical thing to do with your leadership teams uh, as small groups um you know got people doing it in the business sector now and uh, and and just reflect on that what are those things what do i need to build into my life over this period to become more resilient so i can thrive in the midst of perversity which is what resilience is sim i really love this idea of the river and that sense of working out what lifts you up and being intentional about what keeps your resilience levels high. Have you done that exercise yourself, Sim? Can you share a little bit about what you do intentionally to keep your resilience topped up? Yeah, this is a challenging exercise if you take it seriously. And I know 
uh, I was exactly what Patrick said. When I did the exercise, I could easily think of the things that drained me. That was simple, you know, disagreements with good friends or the, the state of the weather or something or, you know, holiday plans getting ruined. Those things can drain you, but it's so much harder to think what is it that refills us and what uh, in, in gives us more resilience. And I guess as I reflect on it, for me, yes, it was the obvious things he mentioned there about, you know, exercise and, and uh, nature. Uh, but I've also, I'm a, I'm a lover of sailing. I love going sailing. I love getting on the water. I love uh, being that close to the kind of the winds and the waves. So for me, that's really something I just get away. My head gets away, just enjoying that experience. But I also love a, a long meal with good friends or with my family. Those moments you just kind of sit and just the evening disappears as you just enjoy those moments. And the other thing, you know, I'm typically an extrovert, but I love just sitting in the corner of a room reading a book quietly by myself. Uh, that's just as a, a refilling exercise for me personally, just having a little bit of time to myself. I've just come back from a week's holiday and having that time to sit and just read and enjoy being reading without being disturbed mm. is like an absolute treat. And I came back feeling full once again. Mm. But But what about... What about you, Ed? Because I know you love running. That's one of your things. Uh, can you share something you've realized you need to do to help keep your levels up? Yeah, I, I wasn't going to mention running because Patrick said there was definitely more to life than running. So um, one of the things that I was most challenged by with what Patrick said was about really being kind to yourself daily. I can definitely be my own worst critic. And, and actually, if I'm honest about it, there's been times in the past where I've said that thing as a, as a positive. Um, that quest for excellence and you know there is a certain amount of good in that in that sense of striving to do things well as well as you can but I think I can let it get the better of me sometimes and and that can mean I actually don't enjoy successes as much as I should because I tend to nitpick nitpick even at my own performance and I can be overly harsh on myself when things don't go too well and take things too personally as a result of that and I think Patrick spoke about those three C's, having courage, curiosity, and compassion with yourself. And under compassion, that means talking to yourself as you would your best friend. It doesn't mean letting yourself off the hook necessarily, but it does mean encouraging and picking yourself up when necessary and allowing yourself to celebrate and commiserate at an appropriate level, but also supporting yourself to move on too. I actually heard an interview with Jensen Button and he said early in his career, he really struggled to move on from when he had a bad weekend or a bad race. And he would let that affect him for the next week and then turn up at the next race and have another bad race because it had affected him. And he just said really practically, it meant that whenever I got out of the car, if I'd had a bad race, I would go away immediately and just write down the things that I needed, knew that I needed to deal with. Then, you know, go and fulfill my media duties, whatever it was. But then that evening as well, come back to those things yeah. and deal with them yeah, and good. move on from there. Yeah. I love that story. That's really helpful and great practical advice for those who kind of, you know, beat yourselves up when things go wrong. I, I, I personally love that idea that Patrick was showing around the curiosity piece. Mm. I think people who stay curious are fascinating. Mm. People are always, you know, like... In, in, excited about life and want to find out more and squeeze the juice out of every opportunity. You meet old people who've lived a full life but still want to learn more and ask great questions. And I think that's that's fascinating. People who want to gain knowledge and just go, well, enough's enough. I'll just stop, you know, mm -hmm. at this point. 
And so it's something about staying. Can I stay curious? Can I carry on always being a learner and not just think I've just got to that place? And I think it keeps us health, healthy when we, when we realize we don't know it all. We're still learning together. That's been helpful to me personally. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it made me think, actually, I was at my brother's wedding recently and his new father-in-law uh, has retired from a career in medicine and taken up um, making uh, high-performance acoustic guitars. So just a completely different, you know, but he's sort of feeding that curiosity in himself yeah, and learning this new skill, and that's what he's spending his retirement doing. Bringing it back, though, to sort of church leadership, Sim, I wonder if I can ask you personally as a church leader about this idea of loneliness that Patrick talked about and not knowing who or who to share with or what to share with people and that idea of leading from weakness as well. I'm, these are big questions, I know. Um, but are those things that you've personally had to work through in your own experience as a church leader? Wow, uh, this, is a, this is a tough one. I mean, uh, hosting a conversation with someone like Patrick is the easiest bit. Answering these honest questions is much more difficult. Uh, because I do leadership you know I always want to say leadership isn't lonely it shouldn't be lonely we should be in team we should be with each other but the truth is most leaders I know feel very responsible for that which they lead whether it's an organization whether it's a, a sports group you know whether it's a, a church they feel a sense of responsibility to make things work to you know clear the path out of the way of their their colleagues or their friends or their volunteers you know, and I'm the same. I want to fix things. I want to make things work well. I want to take away the pain from other people. And, you know, it's no different. You know, I want to make the church that I lead the best that I possibly can be. And I feel a personal responsibility to somehow deliver that. And if we're not careful, that can become really unhealthy because, you know, when, when the church is working well, I feel like I'm doing a good job. And when we're having a bad day, it's my fault and it's all gone wrong. And we can look at our attendance chart and our sort of our well-being can go up and down in line with our attendance or nowadays on our online viewing figures. And it reminds me about, I suppose, that piece in 1 Kings 19 where um, Elijah loses perspective and he forgets who he was. He gets so enamored with being the prophet that he forgets whose prophet he's trying to be. And I guess that's the bit I get back to, you know, that, that where there's a moment where... Elijah just says, Lord, just take my life. I'm, 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 you know, I'm a waste of space. You know, I'm, I'm no better than my ancestors. And he's just kind of like at his wits end. And God takes him away and he remem reminds him of who he is. Mm -hmm. And as a Christian leader, I am never alone. I am never alone. Mm -hmm. And yet sometimes I can forget and I can think or feel that I'm alone. Mm -hmm. I think, oh, it's all on me. And, you know, the, the future of God's church is on my shoulders. I mean, what a ridiculous thing to think. But that feeling of alone is, is real. That thinking you're alone is real. But it gives me an opportunity to go to God, as Elijah did, and to spend time with him and to remind myself that we don't often find God in the middle of the storm. We find him with that small quiet voice that whisper that God gave to Elijah as he whispers in his ear and the reason why he whispers is because he's so close to us mm -hmm. and sometimes we're busy shouting at God looking for him in the kind of the big mm -hmm. but he's just quietly there in the small and I think the mistake we often make as leaders when we tell ourselves we're all alone 
And it's just not true. And sometimes I've had to look at myself in the mirror and tell myself I'm not alone. God is with me. It's his church anyway. I'm only leading it for a season. It's his responsibility. And as Christian leaders, we are never alone, even though we might feel that we are alone. I don't that even answer the question, Ed, but it, it's a tough one. And, and I know on the whole, I'm pretty healthy and in a good place. But there are always times, there are always moments, you know, those kind of things where things are not going right. Mm. And, and I'd be lying if I said that wasn't the case, and especially in the, you know, the recent pandemic we faced as, as a nation and as a world. Uh, you know, I've had moments where I'm thinking, can I even lead this thing forward? Mm. You know, I could lead it pre-pandemic. Am I still qualified? You know, am, am I still the right person? And, and, you know, you can question and overthink things very easy. But I have to keep reminding myself I'm not alone. God is with me, mm. and and I'd rather be with God than by myself. And you know, greater is He that is in the world than He, you know, that is in God is with us every time. And 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 to remind ourselves, we are overcomers mm. because of who is with us, not because of our own strength or natural abilities as a leader itself. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's really powerful. Thank you for sharing that, Sim. Um, just a maybe final thing to to ask. To make it really practical, because we're like, you know, trying to make this <laughs> what a tool for leaders. Yeah. <laughs> do you, you know, you talked about having to remind yourself. Mm. Do you have a routine that helps you do that? Or, yeah. you know, what does that look like yeah. practically oh. on a day-to-day basis? Wow. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, wow, you got me here. So I, I have a laminated piece of paper. Amazing. I, I do. <laughs> wow. And it's on the, a chair I sit in most mornings and I read my Bible and I spend time with God and I have this laminated piece of paper where I, when I'm not at my best, I pull this piece of paper out and I remind myself, I recite scripture and I tell myself who God says I am mm. rather than who I think I am. Wow. And, 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 I, and I literally speak to my inner man. I just yeah. speak to my soul and I tell myself a better story. Because, yeah. you know, when you look at the news, and you look at what's going on in the world, you look at social media and you know how angry people can be, you can believe that's true. Yeah. And to just push all that stuff to one side and to reread, and I've got a list of scriptures I read to remind myself who I am as a person, who I am as a leader, who I am as a husband and a father, and it reminds me when I feel like I'm failing as a dad or I'm failing as a husband or I'm failing as a leader or failing as a person, I can tell myself a better story and rewrite my own news headlines mm. that say that's not actually the story. And I found that so helpful. Mm. And it's it's not self-help. It's reminding myself what God says I am, who God says I am. And that I found so useful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know you were going to ask me that question. No, it was a surprise uh, question, but I think really uh, helpful for everyone who's listening. Yeah. Say, the practicalities of you know what this looks like day to day. Love that. And here's the thing, I suppose, for those listening, you know, Ed and I have been doing this podcast the last few months and we've not done it face to face. We've been on Zoom calls and in fact, we've never met face to face until today. So this is kind of fun having this and I kind of get in the little glint in Ed's eyes. He's asking these tough questions. Um, I hope these answers are helpful. We're, we're on the fly here, but this is kind of fun. Um, anything else, add, Ed, you want to add into this conversation? No, I, I just I really hope that this has been a helpful tool for the last six weeks. We're we're really looking forward to, for, to the next three interviews we've got lined up, and for coming back in the autumn um, yeah. with season two. 
We've got some great people lined up and I'm looking forward to introducing you to some really good friends of mine. Uh, we talk about leadership and justice. But that's it for this episode and for this season. Do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thank you for those who've been listening and being part of this podcast. Uh, as a reminder, remember you can sign up to the Leaders Hub online at our website, www.theleadershippodcast.uk and you'll find free resources, bonus content. You can also join our Facebook group and connect with other leaders or follow us, you know, on the normal three, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. We'll be back in a few weeks' time with a new season looking at that topic of justice with some brilliant people I can't wait to introduce you to. So thank you so much for listening to this season and we look forward to the next season. We can't wait for you to join us then.